I think people in my business, whether or not you're a strategist or an economist, wanted to make the call that the world's coming to an end. It's just easier. It's easier to be negative and harder to have faith. And what is faith in investing? Fundamentals. Welcome to Deep Dive, a special episode of the BMO ETFs podcast. In these episodes, we put BMO GAM's investment strategies under the microscope so you can see how they work for your clients and your practice. Today, Daniel Nezel interviews Brian Belsky, Chief Investment Strategist at BMO Capital Markets, about his famously bullish views on the U.S. equity market. We'll also hear Brian's outlook for the next 18 to 24 months, his read on the Federal Reserve, and why he chose to create a new U.S. all-cap equity strategy to invest across all market cap exposures, including large, mid, and small. Before we hear from our experts, please remember to subscribe to this podcast and bookmark bmoetfs.ca in your browser. Welcome back to the Deep Dive Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Danielle Nezel with BMO ETFs. We have a very special guest with us today. Brian Belsky is in the house. Brian is the Chief Investment Strategist at BMO Capital Markets. Brian, it's great to have you join us today. Thanks so much for having us. It's a pleasure. It's an honor, and I'm excessively humbled. Thank you. So, Brian, you're here to share some of your market views. Brian is a very well-known market bull. He has not been shy with this stance. And so Brian has some really interesting and optimistic views on the market that we're going to get into. And we're also going to take a deep dive on one of his newest strategy, an U.S. all-cap equity strategy, which is now available to investors within an ETF, ZACE, Z-A-C-E, for all-cap equity. It's a great ticker. So let's get started. Brian, you have been very bullish on equity markets over the last few years, and your conviction did not waver even through the early days of the pandemic when there was so much uncertainty. You've said that you believe that we are in a 20-year bull market. Can you explain why you think this is the case? Well, thanks, Danielle, for reminding me that I said that. No, uh, well aware of that because we actually still receive a lot of say doubt with respect to our 20-year bull market. So let's just kind of talk about the genesis of that. You know, I really believe that investors have been, uh, quite frankly, negative with respect to equities since the quote-unquote tech wreck that primarily happened in the United States, but really led to a capacity-led recession around the world as investors and companies alike um, created too much and took on too much capacity with respect to technology. And Sometimes, okay, all the time, um, investing comes down to supply and demand. And there was way too much supply forced upon the system with respect to tech stocks and tech uh, companies and industries and all of that stuff in the late 90s. And really led to a lot of investors leaving equities, leaving the U.S., investing in currencies and commodities and other markets like emerging markets. Then we had, uh, unfortunately, the great financial crisis, as we have come up with that uh, term, uh, and really led to further negativity surrounding equities. I actually wrote my very first bullish note on the current market uh, in November of 2008, while I was head of U.S. strategy and head of sector strategy at a place called Merrill Lynch. Uh, and it was widely panned, that report, and doubted because... For those of you that have followed my career, 
I'm a matter of public record, everything that I say, and you can jump on the Google machine and, and look and see what my, my opinions were at my prior firms. But I was probably one of the most bearish strategists on Wall Street. I was the first strategist in the world to go to a sell on financials in August of 2007. In fact, my pair trade, my long and short, was to uh, sell financials and buy technology. So that was a huge move for me and a huge um, call for at that time. So I'm not a, I'm not afraid of making big calls. Uh, but for the first 10 years of this bull market, Danielle, it was doubted. It was panned. We were climbing the wall of worry. We were fighting the prior war, prior battle, which we typically do in investing. Brian, what does that mean? Well, coming out of the lows in 2009, 2010, we just started buying the same stuff that was working in the five years previous. What was working the five years previous? Low quality, emerging markets, commodities, momentum, high beta. And it didn't really work out. And we saw what happened in the Canadian market, of course, uh, in 2013, 14, and 15 because of that. Then we transitioned to more kind of large cap and tech got going. Then we had Brexit, if you remember, in June, July of, of 16. Then we had the Trumpy um, tantrum. Uh, then we had tariffs. Uh, then we had the Goldilocks market of, of 2019. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, the pandemic came. And, you know, for one, I never believed that we were in a recession. I believe that it was more of a natural disaster. And I never believed the rhetoric. Uh, and even though we had a 33-day uh, bear market, cyclical bear market, when the markets went down 34%, I never wavered. Uh, because, uh, again, I wanted to overweight reality and underweight rhetoric. Case in point, Danielle, if you think about what was being said in the press in February, March, because fear drives things uh, and fear sells. It clearly sells in the media. And we were hearing things in the marketplace like we're heading into the Great Depression and GDP is going to be around 40 percent and all this kind of stuff. And I think people in my business, whether or not you're a strategist or an economist, wanted to make the call. Let's make the call that the world's coming to an end. It's just easier. It's easier to be negative and harder to have faith. And what's the, what is faith in investing? Fundamentals. And then what I said in our research report, I was very blessed and fortunate to write the research report and, and publish it on March 23rd, but actually was the low of the market. We said this, we have faith in companies. We have faith because we believe in the fundamentals of not only the U.S., but Canada. We believe that North America has the best companies in the world, period. And I know a lot of people... Have gotten excited and give and given the, the stock markets uh, recovery credit to giving the credit to, to this cheap money and monetary policy and fiscal policy. But think about this, Danielle, in your own life. If you have money in your pocket, right, you're going to buy the best jeans or the best shoes or the best Lulu pants or the best whatever with that with that money. So think of that as investors too. What's the best asset? The best asset are U.S. stocks. So. Again, we were very blessed and fortunate to be able to, to publish that piece on March 23rd. We called it the Control-Alt-Delete Reset of the Bull Market. For those of you that actually remember what a personal computer is, that you're not on a note and tab all the time, sometimes you have to reset your computer. And we think the, the, the Bull Market was reset uh, on March 23rd, ushering in the next 10 years. And so I think the next 10 years of this Bull Market are going to be much different than the previous 10 years. Thanks, Brian. So your belief in fundamentals, that was really your kind of guiding light throughout all the noise of the market mayhem in you know, spring of 2020. 
And a lot of the fundamentals that you look at are quality fundamentals. And you usually in your research process and in all your strategies, you like identifying these quality companies. So Brian, can you maybe, let's go deeper on this. Can you explain why um, or what your definition of a quality company company is and why you believe this type of company is positioned to do well looking out long-term in this market environment? It's a great question, Danielle, in terms of quality and in terms of fundamentals. I think so much of investing the last 20 years has been based on academics uh, and quantitative measures. And, and a lot of those quantitative measures and macro measures, quite frankly, buying or selling stocks based on economic data has failed and has underperformed, especially if you take a look at the majority of hedge funds have massively underperformed the last 10 years because they are macro type investors and they've kind of forgotten about fundamentals. The way we look at fundamentals from a screening perspective and look at qualities, we use S&P ratings from that S&P rating agency and look at B plus quality or higher um, and also look at things like long term debt lower than the market uh, quality earnings. How we look at how we define quality is when you're buying an asset from a fundamental basis, we don't want to buy a volatile asset. We want to buy a steady asset. So the variability of earnings must be low. So not volatile in terms of earnings. And then we also look at the operating performance of a company uh, in terms of return on equity and return on assets, all things we learned in business school or in our finance classes in undergrad. Uh, we want the operating side of things of the company beginning to improve uh, so they're actually running their business in the correct manner, and that's showing up in these operating statistics. Those are the type of companies that we that we like. And oh, by the way, again, I believe that we're heading into more of an active stock picking type environment that will be focused on fundamentals in individual companies and stories and themes, much more important than getting sectors right or size and style right or the macro environment right. It's just all about companies again. Great. So it's all about companies. So you're an active manager. This uh, new ETF that we're bringing to market is an active strategy. You're driving the bus on it, picking all the stocks. Can you give us an example of a company that's in uh, the your newest portfolio, your newest ETF, ZACE, uh, an example of a quality company in there? Well, if first of all, it's such an awesome ticker, right? ZACE. I just love that ticker. So I, I'm very fortunate to have that. So from a one of the biggest, one of the best quality companies in the world is Apple. One of the best quality companies is Apple. And one of my longstanding themes is just follow the money. Follow the money. And what I think people have uh, kind of forgotten or lost in this whole notion of technology stocks is that technology stocks actually have become the most stable earner in the S&P 500. And I've said many times that I believe that the new consumer staple sector actually is technology or several parts of technology, meaning Apple, Microsoft, uh, Cisco, um, and then on the communication services sector, which are intric intricately uh, mixed in with technology, would be the Google machine, the Netflix machine, the Facebook machine, uh, those types of things, because that's what we're using on the consumer side. And that's uh, where we're spending our money. So we consider Apple the creme de la creme in terms of quality with respect to cash flow, discernibility, discernibility I'm sorry, of earnings uh, and how the return structure of the company works. You are listening to Deep Dive, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. 
If you're looking for timely trade ideas to navigate the current market, we encourage you to tune in each Thursday for our weekly Views from the Desk episodes. You'll hear razor-sharp insights, commentary, and ETF strategies from our portfolio managers, as well as questions submitted directly from our audience of Canadian financial advisors. So let's take a pivot now and take a deeper look at the portfolio for this new strategy that you're managing, um, the BMO US All Cap Equity Strategy, and it's available in an ETF, that great ticker, ZACE. So as we mentioned, the strategy is active, it's unconstrained, um, and it's an all cap strategy. So Brian, specifically, can you tell us the breakdown between the large cap and the mid and small in this portfolio? And then maybe tell us a little bit about where you're seeing opportunity in that small and mid cap space right now. So first off, uh, this this um, portfolio is benchmarking against the S&P 1500, which is a combination of the S&P 500, S&P 600 small cap, and S&P 400 mid cap. Typically and historically, that breakdown, if you roll them all up and together, those 1500 companies, 80% large cap, 20% SMID, or the the, the small and mid cap indexes put together. Now, we have the very good fortune of, of running a SMID cap portfolio for our wealth management clients in the United States. We also run what we call a tactical portfolio versus the S&P 500. So we, what we've essentially done is we've taken the best ideas from both those um, portfolios and put them together into this actively managed ETF. And, and I think it's that's the best way to do it because those are the those that's the way to best exemplify the themes that we're putting in. So I'm a thematic longer term investor, and one of my favorite themes right now that not a lot of people talk about is audio. I think audio is a fantastic theme. So if if, if you create Spotify playlist, I believe that Spotify is a much better technology uh, than Apple. I, Apple, as you everyone knows, Belsky's favorite stock is Apple. Blah blah blah. But Spotify is a, is a wonderful way to build lists, build a library. They're a leader within podcasts. If you know what Joe Rogan is, it's a big um, uh, proponent of, of that. And so I think Spotify is a big theme. And it's a, it's a little bit of a larger company, but because it's not in the index, uh, in the S&P 500, it's a way for us to have tracking here. And we also own another mutual fund called the U.S. Equity Plus uh, as well that we run for global asset management. But but the other interesting thing on a smaller cap scale, under a billion dollars, is Sonos. Sonos is a wireless speaker company, uh, and again, another great company, great, um, great management, and great viewpoint. And it's one of those names that continue to increase their in, in, increase their technology, and it kind of builds this theme on audio. I know a lot of people talk, like to talk about other more sexy themes, but I think audio is something that we're spending our money on. Another theme that. I love and, and built portfolios on for years is the theme of scale and financials. Now, uh, many of you know that I love the big money center banks. I love the Canadian banks. Uh, but I think the part of the scale that people aren't aware of is that brokerage, the brokerage business is a scalable business. So too is the asset management business. But we own two smaller brokers uh, in this portfolio, Raymond James and LPL. And I believe that wealth management is going to be a very, very key theme uh, in the financial services industry for the next 10 years. And I think this is the better, best way to play that. Lastly, about 30 years ago, actually, I started the business 31 years ago. My, one of my first mentors um, was William O'Neill. I worked at William O'Neill and Company Investors Daily. And one of his favorite lines used to tell me is, Belsky, when the, when the economy goes up, we create more garbage. And so one of the names that we own in the piece is, in the, in the portfolio, I'm sorry, is Stericycle. 
Sericycle is the only publicly traded company in the world that does medical waste. And so it's a name that has a little bit more beta relative to, let's say, waste management uh, or public, uh, which we own in other portfolios. But it's a, another way to kind of diversify and play that theme uh, in terms of garbage. Great. So some good names there and some interesting themes. Garbage, audio, wealth management is an interesting one, too, as well. Um, Brian, before we close out here, could you provide your forecast for U.S. equity markets looking out. So some investors are concerned about valuation, some are concerned about inflation, but what are your thoughts on the path uh, U.S. equity markets will make over the next year? Well, first of all, when in investors are not worried, that's what I'm going to worry. So I think that's case in point. But we have the very good fortune of publishing our 23rd forecast on the S&P 500 as the official strategist on the top of the piece of paper on, on the U.S. and my ninth forecast on the TSX. So we published our initial forecast in November of 2020 at $4,275 for the S&P 500 um, and uh, $19,500 and $1,100 uh, for the S&P TSX. We have since increased those to $20,500. Uh, and $1,150 for TSX and $4,500 and $190 uh, earnings on the S&P 500. In fact, we think our numbers are probably going to be too low. And the reason is, is I think earnings are going to be stronger than everybody thinks. And we'd rather be in a position to increase our number again, which we typically don't like to do. Uh, but we like to underpromise and overdeliver uh, with respect to our forecast. We always have tried to position it that way. So I think that's principally why we've been blessed and fortunate to have accuracy in terms of our process and how we run our multi-factor model in terms of the markets over time. So, in fact, I think our numbers, especially on the earnings side for both Canada and the United States, may be too low. And as the market transitions more to an earnings-driven market versus a multiple-driven market, I think that only puts the onus on process, fundamentals, and discipline. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for giving your views on the market, giving us that deeper look at your newest portfolio. Brian, it's been great chatting with you today. Thanks so much for having us. So just as a reminder, Zace is live and trading on the exchange so you can access Brian's investment philosophy and strategy within a single trade. The MER is 85 basis points. And of course, you get all those great benefits of an ETF with it, cost efficiency, ease of trading, diversity, and liquidity. Well, that's it for us today. But if you're looking to learn more about Zace and Brian's market outlook, check out our Market Insights webinar. We had a great session with Brian last week, and the replay is available on YouTube or at etfmarketinsights.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you to Daniel Nezel, BMO Product Specialist, and Brian Belsky, Chief Investment Strategist at BMO Capital Markets, for joining us on Deep Dive. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to tune into our weekly Views from the Desk episodes available each Thursday morning in this same podcast series. And you should also bookmark the Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio manager represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment tax or legal advice to any party. Investment should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statements that necessarily depend on future events may be a forward-looking statement. 
Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance.